Hello and welcome back everybody to the Nerdcast with me, Zane. And me, Amwick. How is everybody doing today? We're glad to be back again and today we're going to talk about movies. Yeah. And TV shows. Movies and TV shows are a topic we hold very dearly, you know. It's, um, it's something that we're both quite indulged in and we're here today to talk to you about it, as, as we normally do on a Monday. <laughs> so, where should we begin? Let's start with movies, I think. Yeah, as we, as we did with um, one of our previous podcasts, I think it's good to talk about how we felt about 2018 as a whole, right? Mm. So, I think that's one of the benefits of being, between being at the start of a year. You can look back, reflect, mm. and also look forward. Where are you going to go from here? Exactly. Unlike June, I mean, <laughs> directly in the middle of the year, you know, we don't know what we're doing in that part of the year. Yeah, that, that's, it's about the time you lose all sense of direction. Yeah, you guys don't know how hard it is to host a podcast in June. <laughs> it, it, it suddenly you just don't know where to get topics from. So, um, yeah, let's just go for the real obvious. What did you really enjoy about films in 2018? Like, can you think of anything that really stood out for you? I have a couple in mind. Well, I think... You've obviously got your superhero movies. That's kind of the elephant in the room. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because we kind of inundated. We had Black Panther in February. Amazing film. Yeah. Afro, Afrofuturism at its absolute best. Yeah. Which, you know, uh, we, we don't know the results of this yet because obviously we're in February. Black Panther, first superhero film nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> That's pretty astounding. And it is kind of rightly deserved. As if, if I, oh, oh, yeah. That was honestly. just... Beautiful, amazing, cinematically perfect, the depiction of different African tribes. It was just so well thought through. You could tell they really did their research and really tried to play as close to heart to these um, different cultures in Africa. And it was, it really showed. Yeah, and you know, as someone who has a lot of family in Africa, you could tell just, yeah, it really resonates with you, you know. Uh, you don't get to see a lot of person of colour uh, superhero films yeah. at the moment, anyway. So to see that really break ground uh, yeah. it gives us as people of colour it gives you hope for the future yeah. that yeah there might be more <laughs> but looking back do you think Black Panther was in February it feels so long ago uh, yeah that was a year that was yeah. uh, 14th of February last yeah. year that's almost exactly a year which is kind of nuts when you think about it mm. but yeah we went from Black Panther to uh, Infinity War was <laughs> <laughs> it Deadpool first no Deadpool was in June oh right yeah, yeah. okay well, uh, slightly earlier. I think it may have been... <laughs> I'm thinking about the first Deadpool movie, because that's when they had the release. <laughs> Valentine's. The Valentine's movie, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No. Uh, we had uh, Infinity War, which was in uh, spring last year. Yeah. The Big Bad, the one everybody was looking forward to for all these years. Uh, what did you reckon? Did you live up to it? I went to see that so late. Um, <laughs> I went through every single spoiler imaginable... <laughs> The day after it was released, everyone told me Loki died. I'm sorry if this is a spoiler for you already. I mean, really, you should already have watched this film by now. I mean, yeah, it's nearly like, a year old. Honestly, by the time me and my friend went to see it, we were the only two people in the entire cinema. <laughs> and we, we still enjoyed it. It was a good... It was... A good film. It, it was entertaining. It's everything you wanted from a Disney Marvel movie. Yeah. Obviously, left on a downer. Can't wait for the next instalment. 
That was basically the aim of it, wasn't it? Yeah. At the end, it was just to make sure everybody gets back in for the sequel. Of course. I, um, so we went on the opening day. Oh, really? Yeah, me and my brother went opening day, IMAX, make sure we just embrace the spectacle. Yeah. I, uh, that I must have tra- been a nice atmosphere. It was <laughs> crazy. You know, uh, there's that bit where Thor comes to join the battle. Oh, that was impressive. People were literally cheering yeah. in my in my in my cinema screening. People were actually going, "Yes, get in, go on for, do your thing." Because <laughs> it's it was an excellent reminder because it's hard to put in terms of power levels. Yeah, where everyone stands, and it's hard to remember that Thor is stronger than the Hulk. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah basically. And, yeah. But it's a nice reminder of that, I think. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's like. With power levels so our, our Marvel films turning into <laughs> Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> so that's pretty much what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I think I think they did very well to manage expectation. Uh, what I mean by that is the fact this was always going to be a very overhyped film, right? Yeah, of it course. It was always going to be the mass amount of expectation going into it and anticipation. So for them to come out with a film which has generally pleased everyone. Yeah. I think they have done an excellent job with that. Oh, without a doubt. Mm. I think the shock value was the massive overriding factor in that. Mm. I think when you have the shock value on that kind of yeah. level, scale, yeah. it kind of dwarfs everything else. Because for me, something that kind of... I wouldn't say ruined it. It impacted, cert- impacted it certainly. It's where you saw different characters interacting with each other. So you had, say, the Gods of the Galaxy interacting with Tony Stark. Yeah. That's when I started to feel things didn't quite come Mesh. together. Yeah. Because, that's of course, that's where you have the different directors who were organising the movies beforehand. Yeah. That's where that comes to play in, yeah. and you see the different kind of personalities for these characters. They don't quite gel together. Uh, it's very distinctive styles, isn't yeah. it? So uh, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, during the... Avengers film because it's comprised of uh, what three or four different series yeah each director of those series had their own basically wrote their own bit so for example for the Guardians of the Galaxy lines James Gunn wrote all of their interactions which is why they might sound a bit different or like it might be different in tone compared to the rest which would have been written by somebody else uh, which yeah I mean it could have been a lot worse if I'm being oh, honest yeah. when you, if you... It's, it's just <laughs> yeah I mean like it was not that it was bad. It just like you'd look at the gods of the galaxy like, oh my god, these guys are idiots. What are they doing? Please, please, <laughs> it's like, yeah, please, when you actually please, put it into context, please, just, please stop and go home. You're like, you shouldn't be here. You're making things worse. When you put it into context of everyone in the grand scheme yeah. of things, like in their own self-contained stories, yeah. they're quite good. Okay. But in you in the grand scheme of things, you're like, like wait, you guys are actually like, significant. Hi guys, we're the gods of the galaxy, and we're here to shoot you in the foot. That was. <laughs> we're we're here to ruin everything. Yeah. <laughs> But um, no, I think I think Avengers did superbly well. Oh, in, yeah. In terms of managing in the grand scheme of things, in the was... grand scheme of things, they, yeah, it was an impossible task. I even me as somebody who likes to write stories, mm. I would never have taken on that task. Yeah. As I currently am right now, just because it's so daunting. So for them to have pulled it off like that, uh, I think next we'll seeing as the sequels coming out in a couple of months, we're gonna we're gonna have a massive amount of hype. Oh, without right. a doubt. But before that... I mean, they released a little teaser during Super Bowl. Yeah. It did. didn't show anything, but it, it, was a, it was a tease. <laughs> As all Super Bowl teasers, it was like five seconds of nothing. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, before Avengers, we have Captain Marvel, Ooh, which yeah. they've released quite a, a few I'm looking, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it'd be interesting first superhero film uh, with a female lead. 
I think I'm more looking forward to that because I saw a brief interaction in the trailer where Samuel Jackson is petting a cat. Ah. And I'm very much looking forward to that. You just really like cats. <laughs> I just really like cats. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's the. I was like, oh my god, yay! Well, yeah, they did that thing where they younged up an actor. You know, they yeah. use CGI to make somebody that look young. So strange. Creepy. Yeah. It's so creepy. I'm glad someone else agrees with me. I love it. It, when... it, it hurts. <laughs> it hurts my mind. I don't get it. <laughs> I was like, wait, are you trying to be like Pulp, pulp Fiction, Samuel L. Jackson? What's happened here? What are you guys trying? Yeah, it's strange. I, I get it. I get why you have to do it. Yeah. But I don't think they need to. Samuel Jackson's has aged fantastically. <laughs> yeah, he has. Just, just what you have to do is just dye his hair a little bit. And yeah, you're good. I mean, it's, I think it's one of those things. Like, wait, once he hits max level, you don't level up anymore. <laughs> he just stays as he is since he was like thirty. Yeah, no, absolutely. But you've also got Spider Man Homecoming. Yeah, so Spider Man Far From Home is going to be the follow up. Far From Home, immediate, <laughs> the immediate um, film after. Uh, Infinity War 2, or what's it called, Endgame, yeah. uh, in the series. So it'll be interesting to see how they go about it. I personally think it's going to be a, a film set before Infinity War, or uh, Endgame. I think you're right too. I don't, it, I don't think makes, they would have released the trailer for it. It makes the most sense, yeah. timeline-wise. Timeline-wise. I was hoping it was going to be after Infinity War, and the trailer would have just been a load of dust just floating across the screen <laughs> for like an hour and 40 minutes, that the entire movie, while, like, while Tony Stark just sits in the background crying. That's what I was hoping that it was going to be. But well, it's just like an hour in, the, <laughs> hour in the middle is where all the bad stuff happens, yeah. and then you just see dust. <laughs> But it'll be interesting to see if they do actually use it as a continuation of the overall plot. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how they go about it because you don't know what's going to happen in Endgame. Like, people could die yeah. and it'll be good to see if Spider-Man reacts to that or uh, if he just kind of goes back to his life as if nothing happened. <laughs> because, you know, you do actually want to see that. It's, like, it's a kid who's been thrust into, like, a really uh, traumatic experience. Oh, doubt, like, yeah. he basically died yeah. <laughs> to, uh, to then come back. It'll you be have interesting. to admit, Stark's got a lot to answer for when he goes to see Aunt May. <laughs> she is going to kick his ass. Unless she also died. <laughs> Unless she also dies. But, um... He's, he better pray that Aunt May also dies. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be interesting to see. I mean, he, you'd imagine you'd have some sort of post-dust traumatic... <laughs> <laughs> traumatic order. Poor guy. He's, he's dealing from the trauma from the first Avengers film. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I think, what do you think of the um, Mysterio's uh, armour? His suit. It looked pretty impressive. I like that they've gone with the comic book look. It looks really yeah, cool. I'm, like, it's, I'm it's glad a... they're keeping old light bulb head. It <laughs> looks pretty cool. It's just, you know when series actually manage to carry yeah. out the fan service, it's... Um, for, for a lot of people, you're just like, oh, yeah, whatever. But I think for people like us who are yeah. a bit maybe too embedded in the culture... For those of you that don't know, um, Way Mis- I was going to say Way Mysterio. That's a, that's <laughs> the a Ray wrestler. The Way Mysterio, the wrestler, is in the new Spider-Man film. <laughs> the Mis- Mysterio's armour, his suit is pretty impressive. He has a green suit, red cape, yeah. and essentially a bulletproof um, dome over his head. It looks very strange, but they really pulled it off. Yeah, they did. And it, it lights up when he talks, which is very strange, but I don't think they're <laughs> going to do that for the movie, because that would be a bit much. Yeah, because in like, the um, cartoons and stuff, you don't really see his face. No, ever. you never see his you face. You never see his face, you just see the bulb. Just a master of illusions. <laughs> I, liked, um, I like the fact that they've got Hal in for it. I like oh, Hal yeah. as an actor. I always have since like Donnie Darko. These... I mean, the only thing I've seen him in is Donnie Darko. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's what he goes to show how, like, how the loop I am in terms of the Jake Lindenhall kind of... 
Yeah, the joke didn't have continuity of film. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but they're all intrinsically connected. <laughs> but um, no, I'm, I am generally looking forward to that, just as a, if not, if as a film, as, a, as it not so, just as a follow-up to Avengers, see what happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, moving away from the superhero stratosphere, I mean, what Still else have we Deadpool. got? We, yeah, actually, that's a good point. So we had Deadpool 2 last year. Yeah, it was it was fun for all the family, except not for all the family. <laughs> it, was, it was interesting. I I enjoyed it. It was quite funny. Yeah, cool. a lot more. They really stepped up the gore factor. The, I particularly enjoyed his interactions with the team he had. Yeah, with X Force, with um, with particularly with Domino. Yeah, but I think she was fantastic. Yeah, I, I absolutely love Daisy yeah. Beats, and I think she was great in it. Impressive. And um, it was yeah, his interactions with them which really made the film for me because. You know, I, I love the character of Deadpool, I always have, but the thing is, you can't... I honestly don't think you can't... You can have more films like that where there's no foil to his character. Because in the first film, he didn't have a foil. In this one, you've got, um, you know, obviously Domino, and you've got uh, uh, Cable. Yeah. And and they're like the more level-headed, what-are-you-doing yeah. people. Because as you should be with a character like Deadpool, oh, yeah. the people around you, him shouldn't you, also be You've got to have crazy. someone to bring him in. Yeah, exactly, and Cable really did that. And oh, Bro- yeah. Brolin does a fantastic job. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I have to admit, I was quite disappointed in terms of X-Wars, because I'm a huge Terry Crews fan. <laughs> and him being in, in that movie, again, a massive tease. It was in there for, what, ten minutes? Hits a window screen, I think, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, and then out of yeah. commission for the rest of the movie. Don't see him again. Yeah, man. So I, gen- I thought that bait and switch was so funny. <laughs> It was hilarious. My favorite, my favorite person though was Rob Delaney when he was playing uh, what's his face, the PD or whatever his name is, yeah. the, the fat guy, <laughs> and he doesn't really have anything. He's like, "Hey, you're in anyway." That was brilliant. Yeah, I, I, I like Rob Delaney. That was absolutely brilliant. But um, yeah, Deadpool. I'm sure it'll get another sequel. Oh, without a, again, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it'll probably be an X Force film. I reckon. Um, I would hope so. Because yeah, they still keep on the X Force moniker. Yeah. Um, but, and Cable's going to be in it because he's staying in the future. Well, in, in the past, rather. <laughs> you you got to love that moment where I think he's like, where are the rest of the X-Men? And they're just behind him, closing <laughs> the door on a meeting. <laughs> yeah, because what? That's Dark Phoenix. Yeah. Um, they were filming Dark Phoenix at the same time. And uh, it all it does is bring confusion to the X-Men timeline. As if yeah. there wasn't enough confusion <laughs> in the X-Men timeline, they decided, hey, let's add a buttload more confusion. <laughs> By making the young versions of the X-Men That's appear in Deadpool, which is set in the modern day. That scene spoke a thousand words. It was brilliant, <laughs> and I do want to see the other side of that scene from their point of view in the movie. That'd be hilarious, but I don't think they're going to do it. I think it just speaks more to the absurdity of Deadpool. Yeah, have, I think like, you're probably right. It's, yeah, let's put them in there arbitrarily. Uh, a, just, boy, a boy can dream. A boy can dream. Although, I have to be honest, I'm not looking forward to that new <laughs> I think they should have finished the series by now. Yeah. The, the last it's, one was it's, not great. It's up there with the Fanforstic and the Fantastic <laughs> Four. I, I've never particularly enjoyed the X-Men, and yeah. So I really liked um, the, uh, not the original trilogy, I like like the second film. Get out. <laughs> I, I like First Class and uh, <laughs> like, I, I thought they were pretty good. I okay, thought, I did like First Class. I thought Apocalypse was pretty bad. Yeah. And then, yeah, after that, I'm just, that's what I'm saying, because Apocalypse was quite shit, I was like, well, I'm not interested in this anymore. Um, well, says in last year, we let's, let's move away from the superheroes. Yeah, yeah. What else did you find interesting? I mean... I very much 
I say move away from superheroes. You've got one more superhero film to talk about. We're talking about Into the Spider-Verse. But to be fair, this is a little bit different because yeah. this is animated. Yeah. Animated, but oh my God, this might be the best superhero film of that all time. That was visually <laughs> gorgeous. Like, I wish I went to see it sooner. Yes. I was walking back and forth in my chair going, oh my God, this is so beautiful. <laughs> it was one of those, I saw the rave reviews online like for the first couple of days I was out. So I went to cinema by myself. It was a Sunday night. I went, right, I'm just going to go ahead and go because I've heard so many good things and I love I love this continuity. So I went to go see it and immediately left the cinema, text Amrik saying, you need to see this film. <laughs> it is not just a absolute spectacle in terms of animation, but it's generally just a brilliant film altogether. Yeah. I, I was so surprised it's not one of the Oscar nominations. Yes, so, so am I, honestly, at least for like animation. Yeah, uh, it was gorgeous. But like, um, they incorporated an element like, of like anime style to it as well. Yeah, like, I'm not a huge Spider-Man fan, but this hands down blew... the best Spider-Man film. Yeah, yeah, I was, <laughs> yeah, easily. Like, I left the film speechless, and once I was able to speak, I was like, "Oh my god, everyone is going to see you. It's so good." I um, no, I I think just appreciating it from a animation standpoint, yeah. you're like, this is beautiful. But the story was done. Perfectly. Perfectly. And on point. Yeah, as a Spider-Man fan, yeah. I yeah, I think all the, the fan service that the they included in that was Fan amazing. service. It was pure fan service through and through. The development of all the universes, mm. every, all the Spider-Men and women kind of quirks and uniqueness was pretty much captured into it. And it was, yeah. Like, honestly... If anyone who hasn't seen it, please go to see this film and contribute towards the revenue so that we get more films like this. Because, oh, no, no, please do. Like, honestly, you need to see this film if you haven't already. It's absolutely fantastic. It was, yeah, beyond words. What else did you go to? Did you, what did you make of Isle of Dogs? Loved it. Yeah, because Wes Anderson, I know you're a big yeah, fan I'm, of Wes Yeah, I'm a big Wes Anderson fan, and this is what, his second kind of stop motion? Yeah, Fantastic Mr. Fox was the first yeah, that one was his back first in like 2011-ish. Another fantastic movie. Yeah, but, literally um, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so, hold on. <laughs> so yeah, um, Our Dogs is great. Um, it's quite interesting, because, so, you see this entire movie from the point of view and the minds of these dogs, and... The humans all speak Japanese. None of it's translated. You're seeing everything from the point of view from the dogs. So the dogs are speaking the English. <laughs> and it works so well. The plot was really endearing and cute. And it was great. I um, the, Some of the characters did look a little bit scary. They, yeah, they were after a little a bit off-putting after a while. Yeah. But I think it was just wonderfully done. Um, you, I, actually, you just I, actually, to... I actually just watched it again this Sunday. Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> I... I have to say that like the cast list that they managed to get for the film is pretty astounding. Like way. Ed Norton, Brian Cranston. Yeah, it's got a, it's got a lot of the um, classic Wes, Wes Anderson. An, the classic Wes Anderson cast. You got the Ed Norton, your yeah, yeah. Wes Anderson's buddies. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, because they all operates in a small circle of. I think the, Bill Murray. Yeah, the Bill Murray. The the only new addition I think was probably Brian Cranston. I don't think and, I've seen Brian Cranston in uh, one of them. Yeah. What's her name? Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Yeah. No wait, Scarlett Johansson. She's in. 
I'm sure she's in it otherwise Anderson film. I don't film. think she is. Is she not? I don't think so. Oh, well. But still, yeah. it's kind of, it's, um, yeah. Bill Murray's in absolutely every one of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because he kind of has to be. <laughs> it's, it's by law. If it was Anderson will make a film, Bill Murray has to be in it. It's probably in his contract. Like, honestly, no, no. Check, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Check the law. Yeah. <laughs> check, check, check the phone law. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, Wes Anderson just owns their souls or something. <laughs> some, like, some strange, like, he, he saved their life once and now he, they've got to work for him forever. But... I, I love their dynamic because it's what Jeff Goldblum you've got um, Bill Murray you've got Ed Norton just the dynamic of those characters all together they, yeah. just, they gel so well and it really shows in the dialogue sorry I'm just picturing uh, Wes Anderson sitting behind like a crystal ball and <laughs> it's the soul of Bill Murray just floating, <laughs> floating around, around. <laughs> next to Ed Norton it's like when will he release us <laughs> never never <laughs> Well, what about TV? Do you see um, anything good in TV in the last year? Or, like, any new series that you would highly recommend? Um, that's the thing. A lot of the TV I watch is are bit... series that have ended. Yeah. So, a lot series that ended probably a long time ago. So, Sopranos recently finished that. Amazing to watch. Quite dark at times but it's by HBO and HBO always make great kind of box sets they make great series yeah if you want something to binge you get a HBO bin, uh, box set right yeah without a doubt because um, supporters were excellent I mean at some point they should probably rename box sets to binge sets yeah pretty much <laughs> they really should um, well I've um, been watching vlo- a lot of Veep yes Veep, Veep. so Veep, Veep stars um, Julie Louise Dreyfus um, one of the main characters once of Seinfeld fame once, yep Seinfeld fame <laughs> And yeah, it's an amazing series. It's very sweary. <laughs> but it's um, based as um, she's the vice president of the United States. And it's fantastically done. And I hazard to think if the actual administration of the president <laughs> actually runs like that. Because if it is, I'll be severely worried. It's hilarious because um, the writers of Veep were talking lately about how uh, pre- well, President Trump, because of what he's doing is so ridiculous, yeah. it's making it harder for them to write funny things. Yeah. Because, <laughs> because the actual presidency is so ridiculous yeah. at times that they're saying, what can we do to be even funnier? <laughs> it, it is just really hard, objectively, yeah, to so write. At some point, they're, on, they're working on the last season now. Yes. So I had to think, what the hell? gonna happen I have no idea they, they left off at a good point where yeah. she's going to wonderful person again yeah and she's got the team all back together and I'm like yes let's do this except with Mike <laughs> except with Mike he was the dead end unfortunately as you know it's this um, Ian Nucci Armando Iannucci is the Lord creator of both his that series and uh, Thick of It and yeah. he just happens to have that type of humour absolutely on the nose oh, yeah, yeah. Like, like I don't know if you watched Death of Stalin that was absolutely he absolutely nailed amazing. me that's yeah. something I definitely need to watch yeah that he absolutely nailed mm. uh, that was just fantastic watch that recently actually because I'm a big um, Steve Buscemi fan yeah 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 Steve, Steve Buscemi's great in it so what else um, I think been watching a lot of we finished Dragon Ball Z Super, I believe, didn't we? Yeah, so um, we finished Dragon Ball Z Super last, well, Dragon Ball Super last year, and um, then recently a new Dragon Ball Super film came out. Yeah, and uh, we went to see it on the opening day because obviously we did. We're being being we've been waiting massive. for that. We've been waiting for that movie to drop such a long for so long. I've been yeah. avoiding every single spoiler imaginable. Trying so hard, trying so not hard. to see anything. But you know, the but, internet is a dangerous place. Yeah, it's unavoidable. You, you can't, you can't look anywhere without seeing spoilers or um, 
born. So <laughs> it's, 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 it's hard to avoid either. Yeah. But yeah, the Dragon Ball Super movie, broad, broadly, was amazing. The animation, beautiful. Mm. The lore they kind of built into it, kind of built on... It basically made a semi-decent movie more kind of can- canonical. Yeah. And it worked. They made a character which was kind of objectively bad yeah. into a very relatable and good character. By basically gutting the character and yeah, building completely. an entirely new back- backstory. <laughs> and it really worked. Like, Akira Toyama really outdid himself. Yeah, absolutely. The whole team did. Like, yeah. it's, just, it's, a, it's another one of those. It's an absolute spectacle. I yeah. generally think... I've had I've enjoyed going to see more animated films this year than I, well the last couple of years yeah. than I have actual live action ones. And you've got to admit the atmosphere in that movie theater <laughs> was wonderful. It was something a bit different because obviously the only people who are really going to be in that cinema are like actual fans yeah. of the series. So I mean, yeah, <laughs> the we went to see the Japanese subtitled version, and that showing did so well in our local cinema that they they did a second showing. Yeah, exactly. So, so. yeah. It's, it's nice to see that it's gaining traction and I'm eagerly awaiting the next series for Dragon Ball. So for our next segment, uh, we're going to go back in time a little bit and it's what I like to call Spotlight, where we talk about a show which has already finished, maybe a, a long time ago, and give you reasons why to go back and watch it. So Amrik, uh, what do you have in mind? What's your Spotlight for this week? So recently I've been watching the series The Animaniacs. This is developed by Steven Spielberg. Yeah, Steven Spielberg. And I think it was from 93 to 98. So this is um, a year before I was born. So I was pretty much catching the tail end of it as a kid. Um, I decided to get back into it, just out of interest, because it's a cartoon series developed by Steven Spielberg. So what's not to love about it? it it's, yeah. It's bound to be interesting at least. So I started watching it, loved it instantly. Just the sheer amount of um, references, and references, jokes, yeah. jokes, cultural references—it's just incredible. Mm. You got, you really got to love it. And then the diversity of the cast—you have a Broadway singer um, doing little bits in between, and yeah, it worked really well. And this is a series which gave birth to the Pinky and the Brain as well. Yeah, something I had no, I had no idea about until I saw that. And yeah, it was very much interesting. It's um. Without a doubt, probably one of the best animations for children I've ever seen. Yeah, weirdly enough, so it was one of those animated series where it could um, very well borderline pass off as an adult series. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. Yeah, because the number of jokes that they snuck in, which were clearly just for adults, yeah. was pretty fantastic. I think it was Animaniacs where the um, the writers would purposefully write in jokes that they knew were going to get cut so that they could sneak in m- lesser scale offensive jokes in under the radar, which I think is genius. It's absolutely genius. But um, I'm I'm surprised a lot of stuff got past the censorship. <laughs> yeah. But it's hilarious. It works. It's funny. It's witty. It's fast paced, and it's very lovable. Yeah, and we'd highly recommend going back and watching Animaniacs like, if you if you have some time because you can see where a lot of modern day shows get their um, inspiration from oh, in terms of uh, things which are a bit more on the absurd side of things, or yeah. the less of the coherent plot. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much the benchmark of kind of like surrealist, kind of obscure humour. Yeah. And a lot of, you can you can really tell that um, series like maybe Spongebob or Freddy Some Ferb, cartoons like that, you can really see what, that they take their inspiration from Animaniacs. Yeah, exactly. You know what, if you have young kids, or yeah. even just kids <laughs> at this period in time make you know go and bond with them watching Animaniacs I promise you you will love it they'll love it 
Everyone will love it. <laughs> I guarantee you, like, after like a couple of episodes, they'll be running around the house, singing the tune for days on end. Yeah, that's a very catchy theme tune. Because, yeah, every five minutes, whenever Mind of Wonder, it'll be, I'll just be like, Animaniacs, <laughs> and we're zany to the max. So sit back and relax. It's just, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, my spotlight for this week is uh, a bit more adult-oriented. Okay. But it's um, a TV show from the early 2000s, and it's called Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law. Mm-hmm. Now, for anyone who doesn't know, Harvey Birdman is actually a character based on a Hanna-Barbera cartoon. From, so, in the early 2000s, there were a number of Hanna-Barbera cartoons which were released, re-released uh, by Adult Swim, who then owned the rights. And uh, they were kind of transformed into more adult cartoons. So that's how you got the TV show, the iconic TV show, Space Goes Coast to Coast. And um, this led on to Harvey Birdman, Attorney of Law. The the difference here is Harvey Birdman was a bit more of a linear plot. But at the same time, each episode was quite self-contained. And what would what it would involve is that the um, yeah, the main character's name is Harvey Birdman. He's a lawyer and he represents various Hanna Barbera cartoon characters. So, for example, one episode he's representing Scooby and Shaggy because they run into the back of a police car. It's is that kind of level of humor where you, as an adult you're like, I recognize all these characters, but they're all doing pretty bad things, and <laughs> that that for some reason appeals to me as an adult. It's just, <laughs> it's just an interesting point of view. It's like they've totally switched, like. A borderline wholesome, enjoyable yeah, yeah, cartoon, yeah, yeah, and absolutely. they've really turned it on its head to quite <laughs> a different point of view, and it's hilarious. They had just ten minute short little things. It's um, it's kind of like the inspiration, I'd say, for cartoons like Rick and Morty. Yeah. So, if um, people who really enjoy that nowadays would probably enjoy Harvey Birdman, yeah. just because you you would say it's like one of the spiritual successes. If anything, it's done by the same company, and the the style of humor is very similar. Uh, each episode is only about 10 minutes as well, yeah. which I find I mean, very it was, strange. It's very short-lived. There's only, yeah. what, 38 episodes or something, yeah, I think? Yeah, 34 episodes. It's not much at all. Uh, and they recently released a... Um... Yeah, so they recently recently followed up with the series and released a, a, a sort of movie, right? Yeah, like really it's... quite out of the blue. It's, quite, <laughs> it's something quite special. <laughs> well, because... Okay, so the reason why it, it kind of gained traction recently is because the main character... Well, one of the main characters there is voiced by Stephen Colbert. Now, obviously... The incredible Stephen, Stephen Colbert. <laughs> yeah, obviously Stephen Colbert has risen to, like, a much bigger prominence over the last decade, right? Yeah. And then you, everyone looks back and looks at the characters he's voiced and go, wow, this guy's actually a very talented voice actor as yeah. well. And, yeah, I can see why they didn't continue with the series because, you know, he's, he's a much bigger name than... Yeah, he's moved on from bigger things, from the Colbert Report to the... Um... The Late Show, I believe? Yes, The Late, yeah. late Show. Yeah, The Late Show, rather. Yeah. But, um, yeah, because of that, Harvey Birdman is absolutely something I would recommend watching if, yeah. if you are into the adult humour. But you've got to appreciate their, um, their recent um, special where they kind of took a swipe at the Trump administration. <laughs> yeah, but of course they were. <laughs> that, was, that was just brilliant. That was <laughs> genius. Well, that's all we have time for today, ladies and gentlemen. But, um, Amrik, thanks for being here and joining me today as always it's been a pleasure (laughs) and uh, guys if you have anything you want to get in touch about if you want to discuss some of your best films of the year or last year then hit me up at my twitter handle at mrfuzz16 do feel free to get in touch we're happy to talk anytime and good night right good night